0: Hello everyone, welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowans, I'm Head of Content at B2B Marketing, and I'm joined today by Brian McCready, who is Head of Marketing at Adarshaw Goddard. So Brian, before we begin, um, you've obviously been on the podcast before, but for anyone who's not familiar with you and your work, um, who is Brian McCready?
1: <laughs> yeah, so hey David, how's it going? Thanks for inviting me. Um, yeah, so again, Brian McCready, i um, Head of marketing at an international law firm called Adelshor Goddard. I've, I've been a B2B marketer for about 25 years, right long in the tooth. Um, again, most recent in the legal sector. But before that, I'd worked in had stints in defense and telecoms and media and sports. So I've I've done the rounds in businesses in the UK, USA, India and, and other places. So, um, yeah, love B2B marketing.
0: Fantastic. And we are here today, of course. Uh, to discuss your incredible haul at the 2022 b2b marketing awards which took place in london in late november last year um and these awards saw your campaign rhyme and reason poetry and the law uh win two gold awards at the b2b marketing awards for best use of creative and best brand initiative um, as well as silver for best multi-channel campaign and in fact the grand prix itself so starting from the beginning um what was the challenge you were really trying to solve or, or the opportunity you were looking to
1: capitalize on um Yes, we had a really good night out at your award ceremony, buddy. It was quite unexpected, and 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 um, I was quivering afterwards. But uh, yeah, so to, to go to go back to the beginning, so let, let, let me probably explain who Shaw Goddard is. So we're we're nearly 250 years old as a brand. We're an international law firm. We have offices in 16 places around the world: Europe, Middle East, Asia. Um, we advise. We're a B two B law firm. We advise many of the world's Biggest, best known companies and brands. So, for just for example, just to provide people with a bit of context, we I think last year we helped over 1500 large financial services companies and funds around the world, well over 1500 major real estate companies and, and investors, well over a thousand retailers and major well known consumer brands. Yeah, so we're, we're we're a big b2b brand um and and we focus on bringing more imagination and more impact to those brands Our our raison d'etre is, is to help our clients find the smartest way to achieve the best possible outcome for them whether it's on routine legal and business needs or, or more strategic stuff but but like any business out there we have challenges um you know don't mind admitting it publicly so so yeah an obvious one is that there are many many other law firms out there um you know in every territory in which we operate there are many dozens if not hundreds of other law firms that clients could possibly consider um and and over the years over that nearly 250 years our, our business our firm has grown through in-person relationships through long-term relationship building we, we invest a huge amount of effort one-on-one with clients and their needs and, and and we really really care about that stuff so just to give you an example you know we've in, in the uk I think 45 of the FTSE 100 we advise, they're our, they're our clients. And the average length of our relationships is about 20 years and counting, for almost all of them. So, so we have long-term relationships. But that investment in personal contact, in-person relationships, one of the things it knocks is we discovered there was an independent audit, uh, an independent brand survey that we uh, invested in. And we discovered that so much investment in one-on-one client relationship, targeted stuff, meant that we were lesser well-known than some of our rivals. Indeed, there were some of our rivals had double the brand awareness in the market that we did, because we'd invested so much in really close personal stuff with our clients. And we're always going to prioritize close personal stuff with our clients. It's who we are. But, but we recognize that brand awareness thing was going to limit us. So we so we needed to act. But, but there was one other challenge, of course, that when you've got dozens or hundreds of rivals out there, all communicating that the sheer volume of noise is is literally astounding. Uh, so, again, there was an, an audit that, that we did. And, um, and it was well over 500,000 webinar invites, articles, newsletters, posts that those rivals were putting out, you know, over half a million things inundating our clients. And, and, and we recognised there was just, in the way that people were communicating, there was just this, it wasn't just a sea of sameness, it was an ocean or a tsunami of sameness. And so because we stand for imagination and impact, we thought we would try something different. So the, the challenge was we just... Wanted to stand out, build our awareness um, because, you know, we're, we're proud of who we are and, and what we bring to our clients. We want to do it in a way that resonated with our, with our audience, that was distinctive from everyone else. And it lived up to our brand ambitions of being the most imaginative and most impactful firm. So, yeah, so there were some real challenges at, at the heart of this. There was a business imperative there.
0: OK, so how did the idea for poetry actually come about you know was that one of your own ideas or was that something that you know someone else mentioned and and what was the what was the aim of using poetry i mean i know obviously you've said it's about brand awareness and getting your name out there but why poetry in particular
1: yeah so um i would actually wanted to do it for a while and, and and you might not know this david but but B2B marketing had had a bit of a role in this um so to so going back a bit you know we 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 wanted to celebrate the law. There, there was this little thing gnawing at, at me and some of my colleagues, Alex in my team, a few others, some of the partners I work with. That a lot of people out in the world, business people, you know, they they formed a view of the law based upon what they'd seen in cop dramas and and stuff. And 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 there was sometimes, you know, law communications got a bit of a bad name. You know, we'd had a few people comments about legal communications being a bit dull in the past, and and frankly it pissed us off a bit um and and so we wanted to celebrate the law but do it in a way that would resonate and it meant something to the people working in the law particularly in-house lawyers within within companies and, and we were looking for a way to do that and, and and normally when i'm looking at communications more often than not i, I work with agencies on idea creation but this one w- was something that i'd had in my mind for a while i know some purists and agencies listening might freak out of that. What Marcus is coming up with ideas—that's dangerous. But uh, I, 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 I'd, I'd wanted to do this for a while. I think poetry is a really beautiful art form. There's many styles of it, and you can write poems about whatever you want. So I know I, I, I've always known poetry has been quite versatile. But there was this breakthrough moment some some years ago. Actually, um, i had been saving this idea where it dawned on me that poets and lawyers use the same tool—they use words. It's, it's it, it, the thing that unites poetry as an art form and law as a profession and as a skill set is words and so I I thought bingo you know there's a perfect match it's right for us and because we want to be the most imaginative most impactful law firm we're proud about that we thought again this is poetry is going to be a really good match for us so so it'd been on my mind for a while to do some kind of poetry um and this, this is where b2b marketing came in so um during the very first COVID lockdown, when B2B Ignite happened, and it more from a, uh, you know, the, the big conference that you put on every year, uh, you know, it went from a physical event to an online one for the first year. And and you might not remember, but um, to close the event out, you had a, a, a famous poet called Lem Sise came and closed out the event. And he, he, he read out and he recited one of his absolutely stunning poems that I hadn't heard before, and it just really moved me. And, and listening to it, I thought, sod it. I, I'm, I'm going to stop thinking about this poetry thing and I'm going to do something with it. And, and so, um, yeah, it was, it was a combination of, I, I just thought it was different. It was imaginative, so it was right for our brand. It, it linked to the law because of words and, and I hadn't seen others do it. So I thought, let's, let's roll the dice and, and have a go.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, just from a practical level, how did you actually resource the project? You know, was this all done in-house, or did you have to rely on specialist agencies? Because obviously, this is, you know, I assume quite a a, a large project, and there's a lot of different aspects to it, and it probably quite a lot to actually manage from a from a marketing point of view. So, yeah, that, like I say, how did you actually resource this project?
1: So, yeah, it was it was a lot of hard graft. It was a year in the making and delivery uh, this thing. A lot of a lot of colleagues I name check for, for Alex in my team who um, who. who campaign managed it did a wonderful job the um so we're we're set up um you know a, a pretty good sized marketing team um but we we don't have all the specialist skills that that we need to do everything we don't have an in-house videographer for example if we need to stage a really huge flagship conference somewhere we invariably get audiovisual technicians in so so we we run a blend in in our team we we, we deliver a huge amount of stuff ourselves and then we bring in specialist agencies. So on this one um again the idea was was mine actually um the ideas come from many places but on this one it just happened to be me. Um we came up with all of the content ideas, all the poetry ideas, we found and sourced all the poets. Uh we lined them up and and the way this ran just so anyone understands what we did was we connected poets with our clients Uh, just to interview them. And we invited the poets to write about what they'd learned and what inspired them. And it turned into a bank of about 16 poems that we filmed and recorded and put into some creative videos. Um, So, so all the project management, all the content was all from us, but then we had to rely on a whole bunch of of specialists to help us build a microsite, publish a book, which I'll probably come back to, I guess, um, host an event, video people. So I'm I'm just going to name check a few, but uh, Lots of little perfectly formed small agencies like the Allotments, Egg & Brush, Purity, Clean Digital and a web agency, Constructive, helped us with, with specialist bits. So, yeah, it was a real blended effort. I guess it was marketers and um, agencies working in perfect harmony, I hope.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And um, as you've mentioned, one of our events, Ignite USA, um, it would be it would be a miss of me not to mention some of our conferences that are coming up. So um, for everyone listening, Martekopia, um, which is designed to help Give you the tools and ideas to optimize your people, processes, and platforms to drive more value from your Martech stack and plan for the next big step forward. Uh, that will be taking place on the 29th of March. So, if that's something that interests you, follow the link in the description. Um, and shortly after that, we've got B2B Marketing Ignite USA, uh, which takes place in Chicago on the 23rd to the 24th of May. Um, so, as I say, uh, another link in the description, you can find out more there. Um, so, Brian, obviously a really creative idea, really interesting idea and, and something, you know, we haven't seen a lot of, which is, you know, no surprise why you won best use of creative. Um, but I imagine, you know, you've probably got a few sort of sideways glances and, and kickback back from the board when you when you first floated the idea. Um, is that fair to say?
1: Honestly, the polar opposite of that. Um, you know, my, my director who's on the board and the executive team um, at the Business Laura. I think she signed it off in about three seconds. Uh, literally, she, she backs us to the hilt. Um, my managing partner, I think it took him about four or five minutes to get there. You know, we really practice what we preach with, um, you know, our, our brand promise of being the most imaginative and most impactful, and it and it and and the firm makes bold decisions. They 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 go for it. Honestly, you know, some for whatever reason, people have got this misconception about how law firms operate and they're just like any other business and and our ones particularly uh imaginative you know there were a few people it's probably fair to say they might be listening that were a little bit unsure when we said look we're going to go and write poems about corporate finance and litigation i'm like really is there a market for that are people going to read that but you know what the partners in our firm are wicked I couldn't praise them enough that they just let us get on with it you know the vast majority was saying wow this sounds cool this is interesting go for it but a few that were a little bit unsure they didn't get in our way and they just said you know go prove us wrong Brian it's, it's 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 a pretty cool environment honestly that way I don't know if every firm is like that but our, our ours was cool so yeah it, the, the sign-off was in minutes um, yeah. literally and 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 the managing partner and the CFO gave us gave us the funds we needed straight away so brilliant
0: music to every marketer's ears i'm sure um you know as we touched on at the very beginning of the episode the campaign obviously won gold for best use creative um, but it also won gold for best brand initiative um so with that in mind what is the perception of your brand that you're really trying to build through this campaign
1: so yeah i guess it's it's it's, it's no news to anyone listening you know at the heart of every great brand campaign there's just a few things we need to get right you know we have to have a real clear view of the audience we're trying to resonate with you know the people that we want to become known to and trusted by and remembered by and considered by you know we need that and and we need a really clear understanding of of what we want those people to know and think about us that you know the, the technical word we all use is positioning we, we have to know our audience know our positioning uh and then just figure out how we're going to deliver that positioning with as much gusto as we possibly can so we can get seen like remembered and, and associated with that positioning so so knowing that's how brands are built our, our approach was really simple we have a very clear you know brand set of brand values they're written right underneath our logo everywhere where our brand is seen that, that you know we stand for more imagination and more impact we we want to bring more imagination and more impact to our client relationships so we help them achieve their best outcomes and so we just simply set out the perception we wanted was we just wanted to be known for being the most imaginative, most impactful. And, and of course, you can say that you're the most imaginative or you can do something imaginative. And, and that's what we said about doing. So, you know, the, the, the poetry was the imaginative bit. The, the topics created the impact. So some of the topics we we, we wrote poems about, just, just, just in case it helps. You know, we we had a poem written about the importance of the law to the global economy. You know, what does it contribute? How does it has it grease the wheels of the economy? You know. We, we wrote a poem about the importance of getting more and more people from more diverse backgrounds into the law as the future of the law. We spoke about, we did a poem about the ambitions of young lawyers. What's it like when they're considering a career in law? And what's it like the night before they start working a, in, in a legal job? We wrote one about what what's it really like if you're a company lawyer or a client that is in the middle of a major gut wrenching litigation or is trying to close a huge strategic corporate deal so we we kind of wrote these poems that we thought would resonate they were all inspired by interviews with some clients all over the world you know we couldn't thank our clients and poets enough for like giving us the time to kind of come up with this stuff um and and you know and 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 we put those poems out in the market um to try and reinforce our brand positioning and and we were just delighted with the response that we got from the market it it really outperformed where we thought it was going to go
0: Mm, Absolutely. And obviously, you mentioned that, you know, this campaign was there to build your brand awareness and try and reach out to those people who perhaps haven't heard of Adelshaw Goddard, because like you say, your, your main focus has sometimes been on those existing 20 year plus relationships. But did you find that um, your existing customers, those people you perhaps had on, uh, on with Adelshaw Goddard for 30 years, did you find that they were really excited by the campaign as well? And did they give you any positive feedback?
1: Oh yeah, the feedback was was phenomenal. I mean, I, I'm a strong believer in, in in priority number one for businesses and markets is protect your core. You know, love your clients that you've got. You know, it should be etched into every one of us, tattooed on us somewhere. You know, and 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 so yeah, of course we. In fact, the first people that we brought this to were, were our cherished clients. You know, the first people that we invited to events were the people that we love and that that that, that, that trust us with their work. Um, so yeah of course we we looked at those but we did want brand awareness we did want reach we did want more people to see us we you know it's a bit self-serving i guess but you know we 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 think we do a good job for people and people are missing out if they don't appoint us so you know um yeah it was it, it, it we went big and wide as any brand campaign should
0: yeah and on that you know you said you know your core, you know, look after your main customers. Do you think that, I'm just going to ask you to look into your your crystal ball for a second. Do you think that 2023 is going to see a lot more of that? Because, I mean, I'm, it sounds all the signals are that we're in for quite, you know, a challenging year with recession and potentially budget cuts as well. Do you, do you expect that the main focus of marketers this year will or should be um, really just trying to retain their best customers?
1: Yeah, the, 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 you don't want to lose the customers that you have. But I think that's true in any year, you know, that... The... It's a business and we need to cherish cherish the people we all know in b2b more so than anywhere that the clients are hard won over a long period of time but like buying cycles can be days or years it's, it's particularly interesting in the law you can't lead nurture somebody towards having you know a whistleblowing challenge in their business or towards you know needing to build a new airport or whatever it is that they do you can't nurture somebody so you, you know this this is a long-term gain and and once you know you you you, you win that first appointment your first instruction that first mandate from a client you you want it, you want it to grow and um, you know our primary focus is on long term relationships as a business so um i think i think everybody is going to be focused on that this year i can't see anybody not being focused on that i i i think inevitably some businesses this year in a downturn are going to have a brilliant year and some will have a tough year uh, some will be living hand to mouth so i i think inevitably there's going to be a bit of that but Brands take a while to build, and and I think the real smart marketers will get a good balance between short-term and long-term. I mean, we've all heard that a dozen times now. There's plenty of research that you need a blend of both. Um, so I, I I hope I hope boards continues to back us, marketers, that there's a blend of short and long-term.
0: Mm, I think that's wise advice. Um, but bringing it back to your campaign for a moment, um, we've mentioned brand, we've mentioned creative, um, but you also want silver for best multi-channel campaign. So... Uh, I'm just interested to learn, you know, which channels did you actually decide to use um, and how do you utilise each one to the greatest effect? How did they sort of interplay with one another?
1: So we, um, yeah, we we used, uh, we tried a lot of channels. Like we said, we tried a lot of formats. There was written word, there was performance poetry. There was more creative videos where we had pictures of infants and fire extinguishers and all other and similes and metaphors kind of going on. So we had quite a few different formats. Um, there was a lot of organic activity, primarily on LinkedIn, from our team, where we were posting and sharing the stuff that we loved. Because um, it was, the, 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 I mean, the, the artwork of these poets was phenomenal. It really, really inspired us. It really moved us, and it was a joy to share it. In honesty, you know, we we worked with some of the greatest poets poetry talents out out there i've actually most recently we, we've just done a little bit of work with lem c actually which was uh inspired by uh your event back in the day but you know brian bilston who's the poet laureate of twitter you know he did a poem for us that was that that was just a pleasure to share you know rishi Destidar and, and and others were just, just great to work with um so yeah a range of stuff um bunch of organic social media we promoted the poems quite heavily on other online channels like youtube linkedin um and facebook um some were slightly better for us than, than others um we also uh, had some very targeted stuff that we did with a couple of very carefully selected business and legal publications things that you know that we felt that the ceos and the general counsel and the cfos and, and and development directors and others that we work with read so there was some very carefully targeted carefully selected publications that we that we did some stuff with mail shots or or advertising Um, the centerpiece though um, it all built up really to a a big couple of set piece moments primarily a a big poetry event where we started in one location and it was so successful we've we've done it in a few places now so we did uh, in the city of london at the top of a skyscraper at sunset we ran a big event called sunset and rhyme where we invited you know some some guests to come along and 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 just listen to some poetry so we had poetry inspired cocktails stunning view we had some of our poems on video screens around the place and we even had a troupe of live poets that were writing you know personalized poems for people on the evening uh, and 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 Something happened that, that's very rarely happened to me in my career, I don't mind admitting. It's happened a few times to me, but not often. Um, we had a drop-in rate rather than a drop-out. I think we all know in B2B marketing, you're always going to get people, you know, there'll be a number of people that can't show up. Well, well we had more people turn up than than we had accepted would turn up. Uh, in, indeed, it, there were so many people... We we had you know something like well over a hundred guests, more than our upper limit. Um, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people at this thing. I mean, who, who knew, right? Um, and you know, we we even had to boot out our own firm's people. Uh, I hate to admit, we had to boot out Addleshaw Goddard people from the event to make room. I mean, there was actually a queue of clients outside and a queue of VIP. Know, senior representative from companies queuing up outside this skyscraper in London. So it, it, it went down phenomenally well, but the feedback was amazing. We got through the wrinkles of the occupancy. Uh so that that went down really well and we've since done a few more poems, including we did this really cool thing uh where we had a a, a nighttime event we actually had a robot outside our window that was that that um that printed a luminous poem in the street outside the window of this event venue which was just Again, more imagination, more impact. So we did that. We handed out poems on tote bags at, at, at a big industry conference, uh, and then finally, we, you know, as, as a as a gift for some of our clients, uh, and you know. To connect with some new people, we did a, a, a luxury little limited edition book of of the poems, which we sent out. Again, it was really small numbers. Um, yeah, we didn't we 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 carbon offset it with some trees in 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 Europe, um, but we didn't want to kind of wreck the planet and print millions of these things. So, we did a limited edition book, which we handed out to to some people. Um, and, and you know, a nice little moment. To a complete surprise, didn't even know we'd entered it. Um, it's been shortlisted for British Book of the Year at the Book Publishing Awards in a couple of weeks' time. So, so fingers crossed. We're, we're up against Oscar Wilde, no less. So, um, yeah. So, uh, multi-channel definitely helped because dif- we, we all know different people consume diff- content in different ways, in different media. Um, we'd have probably liked to have done more, but but all of that lot kept us pretty busy for a year. So, um, yeah, the interplay definitely helped between them.
0: Yeah. Well, this campaign was obviously a huge success. Um, you know, a drop in rate, as you say, I've never heard of that before. Um, you won several awards at the B2B Marketing Awards course. You're up for another award at British Book of the Year, which sounds absolutely incredible. Um, but, you know, how did you actually measure the success of this campaign beyond, you know, gold awards? What, what sort of metrics did you look at? Was it purely about boosting brand awareness and there wasn't really any, any kind of pressure to deliver against anything? Or were you actively trying to increase demand and, and tracking that in some way?
1: Well, not most uh, don't want to give away too many commercial secrets, but the uh, you know, most of my team's work, most of my work, most of my colleagues in business developments work is 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 really much more focused on current relationship development, um, which I guess is is much more focused therefore on immediate demand and, and servicing immediate client needs. That's the bulk of of my work is is on that. You know, we really are committed to immediate opportunities and needs from clients. Um, this was the sole purely brand building thing that, that, that we did last year. Um, and so therefore it really was about widening the nets, um, you know, and of course brand building is just about building future demand, not immediate demand. So it's still all about demand. There's a reason why every business on the planet wants to build their brand. It's to, it's, you know, to grow future considerations. So um, yeah, so it, 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 I guess you could call it demand. Just, just, latent future demand rather than immediate demand but it it was purely this one was purely about brand reach brand awareness brand association goodwill uh and and the like and and you know so while it can take a while for returns to come through on brand building campaigns it's why some people get itchy uh, nervous about running brand campaigns because it's harder to spot the immediate bottom line returns on it but there are proxies that give you a sense of has this done some good? And, and, and you know, there was there were plenty of indicators for us on this. You know, I'll probably end with some of the client feedback that we had, which made us probably happier than anything, I, I, honestly. But you know, just just going through some of the numbers that, that are public, you know, we had a, a brand reach, documented brand reach of well over 350,000 people. And we we never thought we'd get anywhere near that. I, I won't say how big a multiplier that was against our original target, but it's some way north of where we wanted to be. Um about 3 million brand impressions among that audience. We had well over a 1,000 hours of brand exposure on the Financial Times website, for example. You know, our content got higher clicks and more reads than than anything we've done by a mile. Um, you know, th- th- there were a huge, huge volume of, of reads and watches, you know, people the amount of people in you know it's like on pre-roll stuff on youtube very rarely get past three seconds before people hit the skip ad but you know the numbers of people that watched the poems all the way through on youtube was, was quite staggering our, our, our agency our digital agency that helped us with the issues that couldn't, couldn't believe it um you know we handed out poems to something like well over 1500 senior company representatives we had to well over 500 people came to poetry events it, it just you know it it really it really kind of took took off and and you know i guess w- what we saw in, in a slightly harder evidence of the consideration that that might have grown you know it, it we we've seen a we saw a really notable spike uh, Double digit spike in in search traffic on our website. Coming to our website, which coincided exactly with with the campaign. So, so there was good evidence. But again, it was the most rewarding thing. Is you know, we we were little, we had a few sleepless nights before we went live. We didn't know where the poetry was going to resonate with, with our clients. But we were you know, the amount of senior company representatives and and major clients of the firm that, that proactively reached out to us and said, you know, this thing was. Yeah, just, just really moving or really emotionally impactful or really imaginative or just fun or, you know, can you send me more books? Everyone's trying to steal my book. You know, uh, we, we just dozens of those, you know, and, and the fact it was unprompted feedback in most instances was just really rewarding. You know, we had pretty senior exec at one of the world's largest brands got in touch with me and just said, this was genius. And, and I, you know, who's not going to want that feedback from people that you want to resonate with. So we were, we were, we just loved the fact that the clients loved it. Um, so there was hard and hard and soft evidence and, and, and we hope, um, we'll start to see the returns on it. Um, we, we believe we will.
0: Some absolutely incredible feedback there. Um, and and my final question, and then I think we'll, we'll call it a day. Um, you know, speak to most marketers and I think it's fair to tell, fair to say, sorry, um, that they'll tell you that creativity is at the heart of great marketing. You know, it always was and it always will be. Um, but I would argue that, you know, it's getting slightly harder to think creativity first when you've got so many data points to consider nowadays, you know, things like intent data. And so, you know, there's like an increasing pool of data that has to influence your decisions. So where does creativity come into that? So with that in mind, uh, what advice do you have for our listeners who perhaps want to get outside of the box and start thinking and, and working a bit more laterally
1: yeah so I guess I'm I, I would never say I'm a creativity first person it's one of the tools but it's only one of the tools that we'll need if I guess if anything I'm a create value for clients first person I guess that's how I was trained in marketing um but you know when it comes to data and focus on performance and creativity and brand building. You know, we don't live in an either or world. We need all of those. It's the combination of those things, which is where success comes from. You know, we've got immediate targets, but we also want to build upstream potential. And, and so it, it's a combination of those things. And, 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 and just to be clear, you know, it, it, I guess I'm preaching to the converted. I can't imagine there's anyone that's going to disagree with the following statement, but I think that anyone that doesn't embrace any market that doesn't embrace data to inform their decision-making or help prioritize what they're doing or to optimize our work is, is just scrambling around in the dark. So I, I, I'm never arguing against data. You know, I argue for creativity, but I'm not arguing against data. You know, it, it, it's, I just can't imagine anyone not, not, not scraping and checking out, the Data, I just can't imagine it, but but you know, back to creativity, it is essential. I think for those of us that work in competitive markets, there is incredible noise. We've got to be seen apart from that noise, we have to be distinctive. All the academia tells us that we have to be distinctive, all the common sense tells us that we do, you know, and and and, and since time immemorial, I guess, creativity is. In both communications, in the products that we innovate, the propositions that we innovate, the experiences that we bring, creativity and all of that is, is always been the font of opportunity for business. And, and, and I truly believe that, you know, trying to outperform our rivals by try, doing exactly the same things in exactly the same ways as them is a nonsense. I just don't think you can outperform anyone if you're identical to them. I, 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 I think anyone that argues that's the case, I think i I'd be worried about that argument um but you know I probably there's a quote I love right um maybe not too well known outside the US but there's a former White House press secretary called bill moyers I don't know if he's loved or hated probably both in in the states but you know he's probably unknown outside the states but he he, he said something once that I, I really just just resonated with me and and he said that you know creativity is simply piercing the mundane to find the marvelous yeah honestly I I wouldn't want Any marks are working for me that couldn't get behind that sentiment. No one wants to be mundane. Mundane is not a way to win in the market. I I vote for marvellous. So, yeah, you've got to invest in creativity equally, I think.
0: Fantastic place to leave it. So thank you very much, Brian. Um, It's worth just saying to our listeners that um, Proplist, the community intelligence platform from B2B Marketing, um, hosts all of the gold winners case studies from the 2022 B2B Marketing Awards and uh, previous ceremonies as well. Um, So if you want to be inspired from these case studies and, and learn how other companies have won big at the awards, um, or perhaps you want you know some technical content that's going to teach you the exact steps you need to take um, or even speak one on one with one of our uh, in-house experts, uh, then be sure to check out Propolis today by following the link in the description. Um, but Brian, thank you very much and uh, we'll see you again soon.